We know love by this, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother and sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before, before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. The word of the Lord. I really love it when an expert or a guest speaker They've been talking about a bunch of different things and then he or she is able to then boil it down to just one or two things. Something that we can grasp, something that we can apply into our everyday lives. It's one of the things that I enjoy about giving uh, children's sermons is that you take that scripture passage and you, you just simplify it. You know, you try to make it easy to understand and I find children's sermons are for people of all ages. Um, and so here we have it. It's been boiled down of what being a Christian is all about. And this is his commandment. That we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Two things, faith and love. Faith, trusting that Jesus is who he said he is. Incarnate Son of God. Fully God. Fully human. This is where we begin. It's why uh, two and a half years ago, we invited everyone to read the Gospels for themselves. And so we would read one chapter a day. And we would have study guides and adult forums and sermons that corresponded with where we were. And so over those four months, when we got to Easter, we had read all four Gospels so that we could have a clear picture of who this Jesus guy really is. Is he who he claimed to be? Have you come to the point in your life where you believe that Jesus is the Christ. Love incarnate. As John says in the very first chapter of his gospel, word made flesh, who dwelt among us. Someone who has the capability and desire to forgive sins. Someone who able, is able to bridge this gap between divinity 
and humanity, capable of bringing forth abundant eternal life into our lives now and forever, when we place our faith in him, when we trust him enough to say, Lord, here's my life. I'm going to do the best I can to follow you. It's the posture of belief that Cody was preaching on a few weeks ago. Just facing that direction. It makes sense that the foundation of our very lives as Christians should not be built on a particular church or a particular pastor or what our family believes or how we were raised. Not anything or anything else but what we believe about Jesus Christ. From there, everything that we think, say, or do should be connected with our faith in Jesus Christ. But that's not all. John continues on, and that we love one another. The earlier verses that you heard today expound on this. It's not what we postulate about love or how we define love or what we believe about love. No, it is love in action. One of the commentaries I read this week described it as love with legs. A love that is lived out daily puts the well-being of others before our very own. Sacrificial love. Agape love. And if we're looking for an example or an illustration of what that looks like, John says we don't need to look very far. We know love by this, that Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. That's the sermon on Easter. Freedom and responsibility. How Jesus had the freedom to do whatever he wanted. But this responsibility, this obligation, out of love, to do what was in the best interest of others. To serve the common good. And to act accordingly. Let us love not in word or speech, but in truth. In action. Jesus embodied this from the very beginning to the very end to this very day. If you are at home and you have pulled up your bulletin online, you will notice that my sermon title for today is Faith and Love. If you are here looking at your bulletin and you see a blank space, you'll notice that I did not get my sermon title in time to Carol. But it's faith and love. And I capitalized the word and because I think the word and is so important in today's day and age. Unfortunately, in today's day and age, too many groups or things get pitted one against the other. We live in an either or lifestyle, and I think it's an absolute shame. Black versus white. Rich versus poor. Republican versus Democrat. Now we have Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. But the same thing is true in Christian circles. We unfortunately do the same thing for 
too long we've had this debate about law or gospel, faith or works. I refuse to get duped into that way of thinking, and I hope you will too. Because it doesn't say or. It doesn't say verses. It says and. We are called to have faith in Jesus Christ and love one another. That's what we have been commanded to do. These two things. Now actually carrying out these two things gets pretty challenging sometimes, doesn't it? So that's what I want to spend the, remi- the remainder of my sermon talking about. How can we strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ? And how can we love one another? This week I stopped by randomly the Morrison household. Many of us know Sam, the father, and Sammy and Benjamin, their two little boys. It was a gorgeous spring afternoon. And they invited me to go frog catching with them. And so... I just tagged along, rode our bikes out, this beautiful section, got to a spot that they knew of that had this swampy area where there is open water. And we get to the spot and little Benjamin, he's like, shh, no more talking. So we were quiet and we got our nets and then we were just still and we were quiet. And we were just concentrating and trying to find those frogs. And I kept looking, couldn't find any. Kept looking, couldn't find any. And I started to hear voices over there where, oh, here's one. And I hear another voice, here's one. So I start moving over to where they were. Still couldn't find any. And now I'm right pretty much next to them. And there was a couple times where Sam was just like, there's one right there. And I'm looking right here. And I couldn't see those frogs. I could not see those frogs. (laughs) You know, they're catching them. Benjamin's holding them. And I thought about why a four-year-old And a seven-year-old and a 40-something-year-old could locate these frogs and knew where to find them. And I couldn't. Because I hadn't done this before. And they had. It was something they loved to do. They go out and they do a lot. It's pretty simple. If I were to go out and spend my time frog catching over time... I'd be able to see them and to know where they are. Simply put, our faith in Jesus Christ and our capacity to love our neighbor is directly connected to how much time and energy we commit to following Christ's twofold directive that he has given us. The most influential modern-day Christian author that has helped me to recognize that is Dallas Willard. And I highly recommend reading his literature. 
his point of so many of his books and my point here is that when you come to church regularly and you are a part of a congregation that focuses on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and focuses on loving your neighbor, your faith will get stronger. Your capacity to love will expand. When you connect with small groups, like the Truth and Reconciliation group or the uh, Bible study, the adult forum, same thing happens. When you commit to various acts of service and you volunteer your time, your faith and love get strengthened. When you regularly have times of devotions and a prayer life, it's easier to recognize over time where Christ is present in this in your life and in the world and your ability to love your neighbor gets strengthened. Spiritual disciplines of tithing and fasting and observing Sabbath, same thing. Now conversely, if you spend so much time watching programs that are filled with fear, hatred, that will impact your ability to love. Spending time around people that are just bitter and negative and always angry, that will impact your capacity to love. And it's just as our bodies adapt to whether we are exercising or whether we are not, so does our faith, so does our capacity to love. And today's passage boils it down. This is what a being a Christian is all about. There might not be a clearer passage than this. Place your faith in Jesus Christ and love one another. I hope you know how much I desire for each and every one of you that you live this out. It says the Holy Spirit will be with us, constantly pointing us and directing us towards Jesus, towards the truth. This passage also finishes with using the word abide over and over again. This word abide also can be translated as remain. It is the same word in John 15, where Jesus gives us this beautiful illustration where he says to the disciples on that final night, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. Abide in me. Stay connected to me. If you do, your life will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You will wither and die. Stay connected by regularly attending worship, whether it's online or live. Stay connected through Bible studies devotionals, regular times of prayer. Stay connected by surrounding yourself with caring, loving, compassionate people. When you stay connected, your life will bear fruit. Your faith in Jesus Christ will grow deeper and deeper and your ability to love will grow wider and wider. This is the extraordinary life that Jesus is calling us to live each and every one of us. 
Think back to that first verse where it says, if Christ laid down his life for us, we should do the same for one another. Isn't that an extraordinary act? People that do that, we call them heroes. Remember Sully Sullenberger landed that plane on the Hudson River. We called him a hero. And he said, all I was doing was just doing what I had done in that flight simulator hour after hour after hour. Firefighters don't even hesitate rushing into a burning building. Police men and women constantly putting their lives on the line. First responders, our military, an emergency happens, people's lives are suddenly on the line and all that training, all that preparation, all that dedication and hard work then comes into play and they save someone's life. When it comes to having a durable faith in Jesus Christ and a genuine capacity to love one another, are you preparing and training yourself to live this extraordinary life? When you commit to staying connected to Jesus Christ, you experience the love of Christ. Over time, you start to love like he loves. And it starts by accepting and loving yourself. And then extends on, hopefully, to family members and friends, colleagues, classmates, people that look like you, that think like you think, that do the things that you like to do. But over time, hopefully, it extends out to people that don't look like you who have different beliefs, who come from different places, different nationalities, different races, different sexual orientations. Now you can love them too. Your capacity to love grows and grows and grows. Over time, we live like Christ. We love like Christ because we stay connected to Christ. I'm telling you, this is the best way to live. By the grace of God, it will transform your life and the lives of those around you. A life of faith and a life of love. It is extraordinary. And I wish it for each and every one of you. Amen.